Welcome to another exciting edition of The Robinson Show, everybody. I'm your host, Ed Robinson, and I have him back, my MMA and wrestling analyst, Eric. We talk about this past Sunday's WWE pay-per-view, Extreme Rules. We'll have more after the break, but first, here's Lauren Williams with your financial tip. Hi everyone, this is Lauren Williams and today's financial quick tip is all about student loans. So when thinking of student loans, know that you have private loans and then you also have federal loans. And so your federal loans have a lot more protection than your your private loans do. You also have six different ways to be able to pay. And sometimes that can be a little bit daunting thinking about which of these payment programs is right for me. One of the things I first want to encourage you to do is wrap it around your mind that you do have to pay these student loans. You got the education, you took the loans out. Uh, this is a debt to someone and it's unfortunate that someone doesn't do a better job of explaining to us earlier on to take as little debt as possible so that we can have the best option for being able to succeed life after college or life after whatever education we decide to get. But these are your loans. Own them, feel good about the education that you got and let's work to be able to pay them off. So thinking about your federal loans, there's this income-based repayment that you can do, or income-driven repayment, they call it. And thinking of which of those options is the best one for you, I would say, don't just pick the one with the lowest payment. Look at the different variables. So for example, there's one called repay. And that is uh, where you're, they're gonna base it off of your income, but if you're married, for example, you're gonna have to um, mix your, your, you and your spouse's income together, and that's what they're gonna base your payment off of. So uh, your husband or your wife may also be um, contributing to the amount that you're gonna have to pay back, and you need to think about like, how does that work for me in the long term? How, is, how does all that play out? Another one, is just regular pay as you earn and it's, it's based off of 10% of your discretionary income. You've got to really understand why there are six different payments, which of these six different payment plans is right for you and, you know, consolidating, for example. So there's these FFEL loans and those are older loans. So if they're not consolidated, then you're not able to take advantage of this income-driven repayment that we're talking about and also the, the forgiveness options that come from being under some of these different payment plans. And so in thinking about forgiveness, you have to understand that there's public service loan forgiveness, which a lot of people think that all loans are eligible for forgiveness. Public service loan forgiveness means you pay your specified amount, you pay it for 120 payments, which is the equivalent of 10 years, but you don't have to pay it all consecutively. And then at that point, whatever remaining amount is left, you are forgiven, free and clear of that amount. Now, with those other payment plans I was telling you about, those income-driven payment plans, you do pay based on your income. And so let's say your income doesn't get high enough for you to pay off all of your loans in enough time. Um, usually it's over a 20 or 25-year span. The amount that's left over at the end of that time span is also forgiven, but it's not forgiven without some tax implications. And so let's pretend that you had a $100,000 loan and you've been paying 10 bucks a month on it your whole life, at the end of that 20 or 25 years, you may have a loan that's like two or $300,000 because the interest has been building up and you have not been paying a very significant amount. Well, guess what? In the year that that money is quote unquote forgiven, you are gonna have to pay taxes as if you earned that two or $300,000 that is being forgiven. And that is no bueno. People um, are often shocked and amazed when they're hit with this tax bill because they've been on income driven so long. 
and they've been thinking like, oh, I've been paying something every month and it's been based on my income. I thought that's how the program works. Well, they're trying to help you because you don't have enough money to pay. But what you need to be doing is saving in order to have enough money set aside to, to pay the, the tax implications of that. So it's really a lot of strategy that you need to be thinking of when uh, you're thinking of student loans and what you need to do. And that's something that you can definitely reach out to financial planners for help with or, you know, nonprofit organizations. Uh, a really good nonprofit organization that helps with that is called Money Management International. Um, and so if you need help understanding which student loan package is going to be the best for you and which is going to allow you to pay the least amount over time and, you know, get the proper savings and make sure that you're not in a situation where you can't afford to pay the, the total amount that's forgiven at the end, if there is any forgiveness, then you should definitely get help of someone else because this is all about the strategies, your student loan. That is the today's financial tip. I hope you found it helpful. If you need help, uh, reach out to me at worth-winning.com. Available now on audiobook format, Flying High to Victory, a recap of the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles season. Follow the Eagles on their triumphant journey as you witness players such as Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, Torrey Smith, Jay Ajayi, Nelson Aguilar, and Zach Ertz. Pick up your copy of Flying High to Victory, available for digital download on audiobook at bandcamp.com, cdbaby.com, and nimbit.com. Welcome back to The Robinson Show, everybody. I'm your host, Ed Robinson, and I have him back on the show. He's my MMA and wrestling analyst, Eric, and we're going to talk about the pay-per-view Extreme Rules. E, welcome back. Thanks for having me. The pay-per-view we had was Extreme Rules, and let me just be the first to say, I'm just going to get to the point, bro. It wasn't a good one this past Sunday night. A lot of the matches were not very good. There were a few ones that saved the pay-per-view, but let's get right into it. The first match that we had on the card was the tag team match for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship between the B team, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. They beat the team of Woken, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. This match only lasted eight minutes. Your thoughts? Yeah, it didn't live up to to what I thought it would be. I mean, I like the B team, you know, wrestling's in their blood because of their fathers. And, of course, Bo Dallas Brothers tag team with Matt Hardy. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't know where they'd gone with the B team, if they're going to try to make them stay a legit tag team, or I, I don't know if they're just swapping these titles. But, um, I mean, it was an okay match. Because, like I said, I think they're the B teams are good wrestlers. But, and I don't know, it could have been a little longer maybe. Uh, maybe let them feud a little bit more longer before they let them get the tag titles. But, uh you know, it's a new tag team, and, and they got the championship. So hopefully uh, they have a longer title reign. How long do you think the B team will hold on to the titles? Maybe the SummerSlam, if that. The SummerSlam's uh, next month, so probably lose them at SummerSlam, my, my prediction. All right, so we go on from the B team becoming the new tag team champions to our next match. Now, this was one of the few bright moments of the pay-per-view. Finn Balor going up against Baron Corbin. Finn Balor successfully beat Baron Corbin, and it was a a great match. Now, we know about Finn Balor, one of the top stars, one of the, the young stars in the company, and Baron Corbin, when Baron Corbin came to the WWE, he was one that had a lot of championship promise, but they changed his character around lately, so... We don't know where this is going to go, but your thoughts on the match? I thought the match was a pretty good match. I thought it should have been on the main card. Um, I don't know where they're trying to get out of Baron Carmen, why he's with 
Bethany McMahon and all. I don't know what their goal is with that and cutting his hair and changing his whole persona, but uh, I like him as a wrestler. I like his mean streak, and um, I think uh, he'll probably have some, hopefully, some titles in his future. And Finn Balor, you know, I really think he could be a main carter too. He, he he's always puts on a show, so thought the match was pretty good. It sort of was one of the bright points of the pay per view. Well, we go from a bright point to a very, very, very low point. This Here's where the pay-per-view starts taking a nosedive. We had the singles match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship between the defending champion Carmella going up against Asuka. And uh, Carmella's manager, James Ellsworth, was suspended above the ring in a shark cage. Now, if anybody's watched Carmella's matches, we know that she doesn't have much skill She's always outskilled by the opponents that she's up against in the ring, but she's certainly has the attention of not only a lot of the fans, she wins, she's won the fans over, and she's certainly gotten over with the WWE creative team. Basically, Asuka had her way with Carmella throughout much of the match, but a lot of trickery and a lot of cheating happened, and Carmella was able to slam Asuka's head into the cage and roll her up with a small package, and she was able to get the victory. So... Give me your two cents on what, on this match with Carmella and Asuka. Two cents. I wouldn't pay two cents to see Carmella wrestle. I I don't I don't like her as champ. It's a disrespect to the title. You go from Charlotte Flair, arguably the greatest women's wrestler today, and when it's all over, probably the gr- the greatest to ever do it. To go to Carmella, who has no wrestling ability, who wins all her matches by cheating. Ellsworth cheated here, got her to win. She cheated to win the title. She cheated to defend her title, and, and once again, Asuka loses a championship match. They built her up so good in the WWE, and you know, when she lost to Charlotte at WrestleMania, she she lost with respect, and that that was a great match. But now she's losing to people like Carmella on a regular basis. I, yeah, garbage. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with this women's title, but they need to put it in somebody else's hands. You know, maybe back to Charlotte or give Asuka the title because Carmella just she can't carry the women's title with with pride like that. Because she has no pride as a champ. She has no skills. Staying on Carmella for a minute, how does she look going into SummerSlam? Well, of course, she's going to defend the title at SummerSlam, which is a joke in my opinion. But she probably will lose it at SummerSlam because they, they can't keep this little gig up with her winning the, the, the way she's been winning. You know, we want to see some fair, good matches like at WrestleMania when Charlotte fought Oscar. Great matchup. Now you go from that to Carmella running people's heads into a cage, and I don't know. It, it, I don't know what they want to try to do with Carmella. She moves, walks outside the ring, and I guess that's her best move. And she don't even do that right. She don't have to do no moonwalk. She ain't no MJ, but I don't know what they're going to do at SummerSlam. Hopefully, they take the title from that SummerSlam. My my prediction: she'll lose that SummerSlam against who? I'm, I'm not sure yet. The pay-per-view continuing to take a nosedive. We had Shinsuke Nakamura going up against the champion Jeff Hardy for the WWE United States Championship. And in a matter of only six seconds, Jeff Hardy loses the title to Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke becomes the champion. And then Randy Orton returns to the WWE. Your thoughts on how so quickly this match had ended and Randy Orton returning? Uh, matchup, man, I had so much hype for that match because I really thought this was going to be a really good match. You know, United States title on the line, you got two top competitors who, uh, who who takes a lot of risk in the ring and to lose, like like I said, all these championship matches and they they win in by, disqual- by cheating or DQ. 
basically, um, since Nate Nakamura hit him with the low blow before the bell rang, bell rings, he kicks him, beats him, one, two, three, that's cheating. And, of course, Randy Orton, you can never predict what Randy Orton's going to do. He's the viper. He could be good. He could be bad. He's going to be Randy Orton. But I didn't like it. You know, they disrespecting the U.S. title. Now, how do you let Jeff Hardy lose like that? You know, it should that would have been a good match. I thought that was going to be the match tonight. I was ready for it. Then that happened. I'm like, wait, what just happened here? So maybe they'll have a rematch, a triple threat match at SummerSlam, a rematch for them. For the title, I, I don't know what they want to do at SummerSlam, but uh, hopefully it's way better than this. Well, here's where the pay-per-view starts kind of picking up a little bit. The next match we had was a steel cage match between Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman. And, of course, we know Kevin is one of the top stars with the company and Braun Strowman, a strong presence in the company and someone that's made a lot of waves really since WrestleMania. And, again, these two had a tug-of-war in the cage. They went back and forth with brawling tactics and slamming. And then here's where it got interesting. Kevin Owens handcuffed Braun Strowman to the rope, and Braun was able to break free from being handcuffed. He catches Kevin Owens, and then in true WWE form, in all of their classic cage matches, he choke-slammed him off of the cage. I mean, Kevin Owens wins the match, but... He paid a heavy price for it with Braun Strowman choke slamming him. Had to been uh, no more than twenty feet from the cage on into the table. Your thoughts on the match? Yeah, that was a wild factor. That match when they got up to the top of that cage and he grabbed him by the throat. I was like, yeah, no, nah, he, you know, Kevin Owens, he's not a small guy. He got a little. I ain't saying he's fat now. You boy, I ain't saying that. You ain't saying he's fat, but he, he's not a AJ Styles person and when he threw him off the top of the cage and he hit that table I was like oh yeah he they may not want to believe it but he, he had to been hurting that night because that that was reminisce of the mankind Undertaker hell in a cell you know but it was a good match I mean Kevin Owens brought it Brian Strowman of course he he's the he's the man right now why he's not champ yet remains to be seen maybe SummerSlam they'll get we'll get that uh straightened up but uh good match great ending but Kevin Owens, man, he really uh, put his body on the line last night. And um, it, was, it was a wild factor. I, I enjoyed the end of that match. How bad do you think he's hurt? The way he looks like he landed. I mean, he could have had neck um, whiplash on his neck. I don't know if he hit his head or not, but uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah, that he, he was feeling something. I don't know if it was his neck, shoulder, or back. Yeah, that was pretty high. I think, yeah, you probably hit it right, 15, 20 feet in the air. It's got to hurt. You can't fake fall. You know, that, that had to hurt. All right, well, continuing on with the pay-per-view getting a little bit better, a team that we've talked about for a long time now and a team that we we send the highest praises to, the Bludgeon Brothers, Harper and Rowan, they defended the SmackDown tag team titles against a tag team we're familiar with, and a lot of people are familiar with, the team of Team Hell No, that's Daniel Bryan and Kane. Now, earlier on in the pay-per-view, Daniel Bryan and Kane were attacked by the Bludgeon Brothers, and Kane... Hurt his leg pretty bad. Daniel Bryan suffered some bruised ribs, but both gentlemen were able to compete to the best of their ability. But the Bludgeon Brothers were so powerful and so dominant in their performance at the pay-per-view. The match lasted eight minutes and 20 seconds. Your thoughts on the Bludgeon Brothers? Hey, I really like that tag team, and I've been praising them since they since they was with Bray Wyatt. And I said to, my, say, no, I said to myself, man, if... Eric Rowe and Luke Harper could just get away from Bray Wyatt and become a force, just them two. There'll be something to be reckoned with, and it, it happened. And they're they're destroying. They're their best tag team 
in WWE right now. I don't see no one beating him. What I would like to see is this. Kane come out in a few weeks, and Daniel Bryant refused to be his tag team and bring back the Brothers of Destruction versus the Brethren Brothers. At SummerSlam will be a nice little title match, but I doubt if Undertaker is looking to win any belts. But tell me that wouldn't be exciting. That would be exciting. I mean, you have two dominant forces. I know when the Brothers of Destruction were together, they had... They ran through the competition. They were one of the greatest tag teams in the company and have the current dominant team in the company, the Bludgeon Brothers. I mean, that would be exciting to see. At least see the Brothers of Destruction one more time do some damage. That would be a lot of fun. Well, yeah, they attacked Kane, hurt his leg, and I guess Kane could probably be like, look, Daniel Bryan, you got heart, but we need size. Let me get my brother on my side. Undertaker come, be a good tag team title match, and, uh, I'd love to see that match, but I do think they're the best tag team today. I just don't see no one beating them. All right, now the next match, in my opinion, was the best match of the night. Bobby Lashley squaring off against Roman Reigns. These are two powerhouses. Both guys are very strong. They have a strong presence. They have a strong, their attack is very similar. And they went back and forth with brawling, doing their uh, strict maneuvers. Bobby Lashley did his trademark vertical suplex Roman Reigns landed his trademark Superman punch but in the end Bobby Lashley was able to beat Roman Reigns with the spear thoughts on this match and could we see these two carry this uh feud into SummerSlam yeah I I think um I don't want to jump forward to Brock Lesnar yet but I think if they do strip him of the title them two will be involved in it somehow I think it'll be at SummerSlam how the match would go I don't know but yeah that I really enjoyed that match it lived up to the hype, and I keep telling everybody, get on Roman Reigns' bandwagon. He is the company right now. Night in and night out, this man's wrestling against any opponent. He don't care who it is. Busted head, hurt ribs. Night in and night out, the man comes out, and he wrestles. And he should get some kind of credit for that, because you don't see John Cena no more. Undertaker very wrestles. Brock Lesnar, who, who's Brock Lesnar? UFC, WWE, we don't even know. You know Undertaker don't show up. Triple H. Night in and night out, this man's wrestling, putting his heart out there. And he lost last night fair and square. You didn't see him bang his head and he, he's left the ring. And, you know, you win some, you lose some. But uh, I want to see them go at it again. i like to see that match again. Maybe make it a ladder match for the Universal title at SummerSlam. Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns. Reminisce of, um, you know, Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam, their second ladder match. That was a good match. So maybe they should do something like that or maybe throw some other people in the mix. Not sure, but I hope I hope they do wrestle again. Maybe SummerSlam. I'd love to see it again. Yeah, I would love to see it too. I mean, any anytime you get two guys of a of a quality of a high caliber like a Bobby Lashley and a Roman Reigns together, you always you're always gonna get fireworks. And definitely this match was, as I mentioned earlier, in my opinion, was the best match of the night. And Bobby Lashley was successful. Matter of fact, it was the longest, it was the second, it was the third longest match of the pay-per-view, 14 minutes and 50 seconds. So it was definitely not only worth watching, but it was definitely worth the, as they say, worth the price of admission. Our next match we had was the Extreme Rules match for the Raw Women's Championship. Alexa Bliss with Mickie James in her corner going up against Nia Jax with Natalia in her corner. This match didn't last long. This match was 7 minutes and 30 seconds, but we got some good action out of it. Uh, Ronda Rousey was in attendance. Ronda was in the front row watching the uh, the match. Things happened. Mickey James got involved, attacks Natalia, throws into a barricade. Then uh, Ronda Rousey comes out. I mean, she attacked Mickey James, and I mean, 
she delivered her a Samoan drop that was insane. She wound up throwing Mickey James over the announce table. By the time Nia Jax was able to get a little offense on Alexa Bliss, but Mickey James got a second win, came back in the ring. Both got uh, Nia Jax with chairs. Alexa Bliss got a DDT on the chair and still is the champ. Well, I can't say it was weird because it was an extreme rules match, but give me your thoughts on the match and Ronda getting involved and with Mickey James. How did how did you see it? I, I, I figured Alexa Bliss would win. You know, I figured it would be something like that. When they said that Ronda Rousey would be ringside, I figured she would get involved. It went exactly as I predicted, but I just don't know what they want to do with Ronda Rousey. They suspend her for 30 days. She wrestles here, wrestles there, shows up on Raw, shows up at pay-per-views, jumps out the crowd. I, you know, I feel like she signed this big contract, you know, sort of like a Brock Lesnar treatment. Well, let's let her wrestle here, wrestle there. And, and, and in a way, that's why some of these UFC fighters joke about the WWE. We got a UFC fighter here in the WWE as Ronda Rousey. They need to let her know, hey, look, let me show you what wrestling's about. Have her wrestle every Raw, every pay-per-view, even put on SmackDown. Let her sit in that locker room and think, man, what am I doing? This is hard. This is not what they say UFC says about the WWE. It's difficult. She just lagging, gagging around, has a match once every two months, and I need to give it to her, give it to her hard, and, and, and let her feel what it feels like to be a superstar. And let her go back to the UFC, because you know she's probably going to go back one day and tell all of them, no, yo, y'all don't know. I just did it. I don't want to do it no more. Wrestling is not an easy sport, but it seems like they baby find a lot of them today. But like I said, Roman Reigns, night in and night out, you're going to see him put his all. And Brock Lesnar, you may not even see him in the ring again. So, But, yeah, the match was all right. I figured how it would end, something like that. So, yeah, I, I agree with her being champ. I like Alexa Bliss. I think she's a, she's a good champ. Uh, who knows? I guess it might be her and Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam, I'm guessing. So we'll see what happens. That's the way it's going to appear to be. Or that's the way it's looking as of right now. So we go from the women's match to, in my opinion, the second best match of the night for the WWE championship. It was the champion AJ Styles going up against Rusev. Now, these two wrestlers have different styles. AJ Styles has more of a air, more of an aerial type of attack. And Rusev is a guy that's very strong, has that powerlifting background and it was a great match. It was a great match from start to finish. AJ Styles wound up beating Rusev. Not only did he do his trademark springboard 450 splash, but he also did a baseball slide and did the uh, phenomenal forearm to keep the title. So this match had my attention from start to finish. What did you think about this match? Or do you see this thing continuing on at least maybe into SummerSlam or going further into the year? No, I think that's the end of it last night. But, you know, Styles make matches. That's why Macho Man and Hulk Hogan made such good matches. Macho Man was the high flyer. Hogan was the powerhouse. Rusev, the powerhouse. AJ Styles, the high flyer. But, yeah, I like the match. Rusev brought it. I think Rusev one day could be a world champ. But AJ Styles, he, he's just the best in the world right now. I mean, he, he is phenomenal. He's had that belt well over 200-somewhat days. He'll probably go into WrestleMania with this belt, I, I, I'm predicting. But I don't know what it, what's in store for him at... Uh, SummerSlam, I don't think it's going to be Rusev. I don't see no no heat from that match. We'll find out, guess which direction it goes in the next upcoming weeks. But yeah, I enjoyed the match. It was it was one of the highlights of the pay-per-view, and I enjoyed it. All right, now we go to the main event 
the third best match of the night, in my opinion, for it was the 30-minute Ironman match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. We had the champion Dolph Ziggler going up against Seth Rollins in the 30-minute Ironman match. Dolph defeated Seth 5-4 in sudden death overtime. Seth had his way early on throughout much of the match, but thanks to a little help from Dolph's, should I say his uh, manager, or quote-unquote, or his GIC, his goon in charge, uh, Drew McIntyre coming in and doing some dirty work on Seth Rollins, and Dolph was able to get back into the game, and Dolph was able to get back into the match and tie it up. Seth Rollins was able to tie, uh, ro- roll up uh, Dolph Ziggler with the pin and tied it up at four-piece, and then general manager Kurt Angle ordered a sudden death overtime. Drew McIntyre comes back. He distracts Seth Rollins. Then Dolph Ziggler does his trademark zigzag, beats Seth Rollins, wins the match, wins the Ironman match, five falls to four, keeps the title. I see this continuing in the SummerSlam. We could see maybe falls count anywhere. This could be Hell in a Cell. This could be TLC. You can do so many storylines with Dolph and Seth. Your thoughts on the match? I, I like the match. I didn't like where it was placed. I figured the main event should have been Rusev, AJ Styles' world title. Intercontinental title was the main event. It was a good match. I, like I said, once again, the way these matches are ending these days, everybody's cheating to win. You know, you don't see no good fan square matches like Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns. Um, yeah, good matchup. A lot of falls, you know, unusual mile falls. You usually don't see that many falls in a 30-minute Ironman match. But, uh, yeah, McIntyre's his protege, you know, interferes in the match again and helps him retain his title. But uh, I don't know what's up with Dean Ambrose, but I got a feeling McIntosh and Ziggler is going to still feud with Seth and going into SummerSlam, and I think he might bring Dean Ambrose in with him at SummerSlam. I don't know what his injury still is, but, you know, he keeps getting jumped like this. He's going to want to have someone to have his back. And I don't think it's going to be Roman Reigns because he's about to be with Bobby Lashley, I, I believe, at SummerSlam. So maybe Dean Ambrose is trying to come back into the picture. Maybe he says at SummerSlam, you got your 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 protege. I'm going to have a protege at SummerSlam. Maybe Dean Ambrose. That would be nice. I mean, would you like to see that? Yeah, I would like to see that, too. I'm glad you, you mentioned Dean Ambrose. I hadn't – we haven't seen him because he wasn't at WrestleMania. We haven't seen him since – I want to say, did he was he at SummerSlam since SummerSlam last year or Survivor Series uh, last year? I'm that hey, it's been that long for me too because last night when it was going on like that, I was like, man, someone needs to come help Seth. And I thought, well, Roman Reigns ain't gonna help him. I was like, where's Dean? He's been hurt. He's nursing a bad injury. I believe it was his shoulder. But yeah, he's hoping he's nursing an injury now. And his his return, I'm not a hundred percent sure when, but. I mean, by what I'm hearing, it's it's close to a return. So, I mean, that would make a lot of sense on my on my end that that would be a good return for him at SummerSlam. Extreme Rules was held at the PPG Paints Arena in the Steel City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The attendance was 14,739. So, decent crowd for that arena. That's That's the home of the NHL's Pittsburgh Penguins. On a scale of 1 to 10, I had it originally as a 3, but I'm going to be a little bit generous. I'm going to give it a 4 because the matches that saved the pay-per-view was Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns, AJ Styles and Rusev, Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman. How did you see it? I, I give it a 
I give it maybe a five and a half, and and that's being generous, just because the Kevin Owens coming off the top of the cage. Um, like I said, Roman Reigns, in my opinion, stole the show, and he, he he's a talented wrestler. And people need to start getting behind him and stop booing the man so much. That man works hard, and he's worked hard to get where he's at. In the main event, you know, the Iron Man match was a good little match. Them two, they they just got chemistry together, and I like to see them go at it some more. So, hopefully, SummerSlam is a lot better and they have a lot better outcomes. When you have that many matches and you can only name four good matches off the whole pay-per-view, that, that, that's not good. So hopefully SummerSlam, they pick it up a little bit, make it more interesting, get some better storylines going into SummerSlam and see what happens. Get, maybe get a, when's the last time we even talked about a universal championship match? I think the world's greatest Royal Rumble, whatever that was called, I think, yeah, when him and Roman Reigns had the steel cage match, that's the last time I remember even talking about the U- universal title. So, Let's see what happens at SummerSlam. I'm pretty sure they're going to be a universal title match, but I don't think it's going to be Brock Lesnar involved. All right, well, quickly, we're going to do just a brief look into SummerSlam. August 19th, taking place at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. SummerSlam is one of the premier pay-per-views that the WWE has. It's up there with WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, and Survivor Series. Just real quickly, Eric, SummerSlam, how is it shaping up? I think we'll know a lot more in the weeks come coming, but uh, it looks like, it, like I said, we could have a Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns rematch, maybe some new universal title in there. That'll be nice. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jeff Hardy and Shisnay Nakamura, something's going to happen there, or, or Randy Orton, some, something's going to go on there for that United States title. And I know we'll see what they do. Maybe Ronda Rousey gets another title shot against um alexa bliss but her first title shot of course was against nia Jax. but uh we'll see what happens you know it could be a good pay-per-view if they play their cards right and pick the matches right it'd be a good pay-per-view so um, i'm really looking forward to it i'm getting excited hopefully it lives up to the billing i think it should be they, they're gonna have to put all their cards on the table at SummerSlam. and i think they will well, you heard it from him. That's my MMA and wrestling analyst, Eric, talking about Extreme Rules pay-per-view and also looking ahead to SummerSlam. Eric, thank you so much for being on the show, and we got to do this again real soon. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed it. Coming up, we'll have more of The Robinson Show. You stay tuned. Available now on audiobook format, Flying High to Victory, a recap of the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles season. Follow the Eagles on their triumphant journey as you witness players such as Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, Torrey Smith, Jay Ajayi, Nelson Aguilar, and Zach Ertz. Pick up your copy of Flying High to Victory, available for digital download on audiobook at bandcamp.com, cdbaby.com, and nimbit.com. Don't forget to follow the Sports Talk with Friends Facebook page and tune into the Sports Chatter Show every Friday at 7 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com. Fridays at 7 p.m. on the Sports Chatter Show on Blog Talk Radio. That's going to do it for this week's show. I'm yours truly, Ed Robinson. And remember, put God first in everything you do and you can't go wrong. Until next time, stick to the script. I'm out. Peace.
Available now on audiobook format, Flying High to Victory, a recap of the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles season. Follow the Eagles on their triumphant journey as you witness players such as Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, Torrey Smith, Jay Ajayi, Nelson Aguilar, and Zach Ertz. Pick up your copy of Flying High to Victory, available for digital download on audiobook at bandcamp.com, cdbaby.com, and nimbit.com.